Literary Scape presents the historical, inspirational book club podcast, The First of Its Kind. This show is for those who love clean romance adventure stories from the 1800s. In this episode, Jessica and Melissa will be discussing The Peacemaker, the first book in Lori Copeland's series, Men of the Saddle. Bullheaded Winnie Elliott has one goal in mind, to track down Cass Claxton and shoot him dead, relieving her at the altar and running off with her money. But when Cass's brother Cole shows up, Winnie finds herself on an unexpected adventure and she just might lose her heart. All right, so I am just going to say right now that for many years I did not read. Um, you know that, being my sister in Yes. Um, you know, just going through college, you're just trying to keep up with textbook reading right. at that point. Right. And then when I when you had me, Jamie, who isn't joining us today, but she is one of our new members to our book club. Uh, unfortunately, she is homesick right now, so hoping she's feeling better soon. But uh, she runs a book club at one of our local libraries, mm-hmm. and my sister, Jessica, was part of it, and she got me into it. And I think at that point, we read Savage, Savage Wells. Yes, Savage yes. Wells. And... Or the sheriffs of Savage Yeah, Wells the sheriff. Yeah. And then I was hooked on Westerns. And so you took me back in there and you and Jamie helped me find the Men in the Saddle series. Yes. Fell in love. Mm-hmm. So um, I just feel like Lori Copeland wrote amazing characters and such great adventures. There was There's four books in this series. So this month we're reading the, um, we read the first book, The Peacemaker. And then next month we'll be talking about the second book, The Drifter. So we'll get started with The Peacemaker. Really quick, I really wanted to, the prologue that she put at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I cried when I read that. I don't know. What was your reaction to it? I, I didn't cry. No. I'm trying to remember what the prologue. So remember, this is like so Cole Claxton and yeah. his brother Bo Claxton. They're all get done with the war and they're going home. Mm-hmm. It's them and then yeah. like a handful of other men they fought in the war yes. with. Yes, yes. But I, I didn't cry. I didn't think. I it don't know. I just felt like what a bond they had right. fighting together. Yeah. And then when they were like they're riding away, and the one stops and turns around and and says, "If if you ever need anything, right." And then just leaves it hanging. And they all were like, he didn't need to even finish. We know if one of us is in trouble, we're all coming yeah. to help. Yes. So I was like, oh, my word. That's I mean, so, I, I, I thought know. it was neat that they had that bond. Yeah. And that they didn't even have to finish. Just, they knew kind of what each other was thinking. And yeah. Yeah. That was neat. So I'm probably just a sap <laughs> when it comes to that. <laughs> but I really liked it. And I'm looking forward to see how that plays out. Too. Didn't really see it much in this one. In fact, no, I don't think any of them were mentioned outside no. of his brothers. No, yeah, and of course, br- brother that's in it is Cass, and he's really not in it. He's just kind of the pain in everyone's <laughs> side. Uh, yes, and he wasn't there. He didn't fight with them. No, so no. and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But you kind of find out, yeah, what he was doing during the Civil War. So right. chapter one. What were your thoughts about Winnie and, and Cass's relationship? It was different. I mean, it was just almost like you know she was set up, or she felt set up. Yeah, she didn't know the whole story. And, like, and even as a reader, at that point, you don't know the whole story. You're just hearing her version of it. Yeah. Where it's, her mother died. It doesn't say she died from cancer, but the description of what she went through yeah. makes you think it was cancer. Yeah. But and then, back then, they probably wouldn't have known no. that. And then her dad dies. Yes. And then she has this whole plantation. Mm-hmm. And the Civil War is going, going on. on. Yeah. And so they're being raided. And she's 18. She's yeah, young. Very she's young. very young. Yeah. 
And here comes Cass, this gallant knight. I'm going to take care of you. It's going to be okay. And she gives up money, right? She Yes, to invest in a company. Then goes to on her wedding day, and he never shows up. And she just automatically hates him from yes. then on. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Sound like a whirlwind romance, yes. too, didn't it? Uh, yeah, because of the way it was. I don't think they dated very long Mm-mm. before they decided to get married. Then, were you surprised when the gang of robbers came to the stagecoach and she was just like, I'm going to stand up to them and, and tell them to leave everybody alone? And I was just floored. I don't think I was because she seemed like she had a lot of spunk and she was like a redhead, too. She doesn't seem like the kind that wanted to back down. Like, you're not taking my stuff. This is mine. Back off. Yeah, and she was like, and he was kind of getting rough with the other lady. Yeah. And she's just like, pick on somebody your own size. <laughs> and then the two men that were riding were kind of, they were like babies. Yeah, kind of whimpering there. Yeah. Like, I think it was good. She kind of, yeah, she was way more than the other two guys. She was way more like, I'm going to, I don't know, try to think of the word. I'm not going to back she, down. Yeah, she was just bold. But then again, when the story starts off with, I'm going to shoot Cass in the heart. Yeah. And I'm going to feel great about oh, it. Oh, yeah. You kind of think. And then I'm going to go home to my plantation and live my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of foreshadowing in this book, too, mm-hmm. of her and Cole's relationship. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're going to talk about it, but their relationship doesn't start off real great. Especially... No. He doesn't know it yet, but she's out to kill his brother. And she doesn't realize that he's Cass's brother right. at first. So I I loved that part of it, too. <laughs> but uh, the notes that we took, just so our listeners know, if you read the book uh, along with us and just kind of listening along. So the page numbers I put in are page numbers based off of the copy of the book that was printed by Tyndale. The page numbers are slightly different if you read the book that was printed by Honeysuckle Rose Publishing. And just so you know, they are doing a reprint on the first one because when I read the one that the Honeysuckle Rose Publishing did, there was a repeated chapter and a missing chapter in there. So when I did get a hold of Lori Copeland, she said they were working on that and maybe by the end of the summer they'll have the correct printing of that. So just heads up for you guys. What did you think about how Cole was kind to Penelope, who was the other woman on the stagecoach, and she was what we would call a working woman, Mm -hmm. uh, making her money in a not-so-kind way, I guess. You know, Cole and uh, Bo helped, tried to chase down the stage robbers, right. didn't catch him, came back, helped him, drove the, the stage in, which, by the way, her trying to control the situation with the shotgun was, <laughs> was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. And we should also probably mention that Cole did not want to help. Yeah, he didn't. He was just wanting to get home after the war and Bo yeah. talked him into it. Yeah. So I know because he's thinking, I've. I have been at war for four years. I just want to yeah. get home, you know. And, and Winnie is not trusting him. No, she's like holding the shotgun on him. He's like rolling his eyes like, oh, my word, this woman's nuts. Yeah. You know, I yeah. just I loved that <laughs> yes. banter between them. It was it was awesome. So here's the funny thing. So they get the stagecoach in town. He's a real gentleman with Penelope. Mm-hmm. Of course, his he said, mom always told me it doesn't matter if she's a working girl or not. You treat her with respect. Yeah. And then he just let Winnie fall out on her bottom out of, on the stagecoach <laughs> because he was that irritated by her right right uh, <laughs> I, I know his mom would not have been happy with that but i thought it was a proper reaction because penelope was so sweet and mm-hmm. and when he was like 
being a pain to him. And he's like, well, let her learn. <laughs> like, I'm not going over and helping you. And then he's like, I'm sorry, ma'am. Would you like me to take your rifle for you? Because she still had the, <laughs> the rifle. rifle. He's and like, it, thinking in his head, we're all lucky somebody hasn't had their head blown well, off. No. As many times as she's fallen with that <laughs> rifle. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and I was thinking, have you ever had an embarrassing moment like that for Winnie, though? Because everybody, because everybody saw the Claxton brothers coming home, you know, yes. and when they drove the coach in, they're all like, hey, welcome home. Blah, blah. Yeah. So, like, everyone in town watched her fall out of the stagecoach onto her bottom. <laughs> With Cole just standing there yeah. watching. So have you ever had an embarrassing moment like that? I've had embarrassing. I remember when I was in college. It was in the wintertime. And I had to go in for an exam. And there was snow, but there was ice underneath of it. And I wasn't expecting it. And I went down hard on the ground. Oh, no. And I messed my elbow up pretty good. Oh. But what was real, I was hoping nobody seen me out there in the parking lot. But as soon as I got in, I saw it like snow on me. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the ladies talked to you, she's like, did you fall out there? I'm like, oh, I was kind of hoping no one would know. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's embarrassing because you know you look funny. And I'm like, next thing you know, I'm like laying on the ground looking at the sky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Probably my most embarrassing moment. I've had, I'm a klutz, you yeah. know that, yes. growing up together. But publicly, my most embarrassing moment was when I was sitting in the jurors box for jury selection. <laughs> Do you remember me telling you this? Yes. I turned my chair. It was like they had swivel chairs, really nice chairs in there. I turned just slightly to kind of like angle towards, you know, because they stand there and Mm -hmm. the lawyers are asking you questions just to kind of turn a little bit. And the chair broke (laughs) and dropped like so fast underneath me that I actually like screamed out and reached for the person next to me because I thought, I'm going, I'm going down, you know, (laughs) like like I heard it pop and I just dropped the entire courtroom busted up laughing. And and it was full because I was the first nine jurors they put in the box, you know, to see if they want to keep you or yeah. And I, I remember the judge, he looked over. He had a smirk on his face. Bless his heart. He was trying to hold in the laugh. And he goes, are you okay, ma'am? And I'm like, yeah, I'm all good. And that made everybody laugh even more. And I was so so embarrassed. He's like, well, you can go sit in um, the chair behind you or whatever. There was like an empty chair. So then, you know, they keep questioning the jury. jury this, yeah. By the way, this is my first experience. <laughs> Um, going in for jury duty. Right. Okay. Right. I've never done it before. I'm a nervous wreck. I'm, yeah. I'm praying they don't pick me. Right. You know, so then the lawyer's up there asking a question. She's looking at me, but she's not saying my name. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't respond. And she goes, I'm talking to you. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. That's not my name. And she goes, well, my seating chart is messed up since you're not in the seat you were originally supposed to be in. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, but... <laughs> It broke. Because the judge goes, you know, they just fixed that chair last week. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what are you saying? But anyways, thankfully, um, and there's always a person that they say that's like, if you need anything, just look at me and I'll help you. Mm-hmm. You know, that helps the jury. And um, so they said, we're going to read the names of the people we don't want on the jury. And I was the first name they read. <laughs> And I was like, well, that means I can get up and go. So I looked at the lady and I'm like, can I go? You know, she goes, yeah, I bolted out of there. I'm like, the most embarrassing experience of my life. And I haven't been called back since. They're probably like, don't, don't call They're probably like, don't call that woman. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised the judge didn't say, you are disrupting my courtroom, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> You're dismissed. <laughs> and I, did you like that Cole assumed that she was going to be working at the saloon with Penelope? Like she was going to be one of those working yeah. women? Yeah, I think he just assumed because he was with her on the stagecoach and... 
didn't have any idea who she was or anything. And then Bo's like, well, you know, Bo's being all kind, you know, well, we'll help you get set up here and everything. Because she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no money left. Yeah. Uh, well, and he's like, well, aren't you working at what Hattie's? Is it Hattie's place? I think it's Hattie's. She was like so appalled. <laughs> Why would you think that? Well, Cole said it, you know. Uh, <laughs> and that just made their relationship like this. It did. didn't help that. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So then they get to, they take her home. Mm-hmm. I loved Lily. Um, Lily, their mother. Mm-hmm. She just seemed so sweet. Just took them in. Yeah. Took her in and, and helped her out. And she was just thrilled to have her boys home. Of course, she was still praying for Cass to make it home because Cass has not made it home at this right, point. Right, right. So you're reading along and they talk about Jesse and Frank James at the din- dinner table. Yes. Just like it's an everyday conversation. Yeah. And and their mom's like, oh, they're good boys. Their father was a preacher. You know, uh, like yeah. they grew up in the same area. Right. Right. As soon as I read that, I said, I got it. I have to know if this is true. Did they really have a father as a preacher? And they did. Yeah. Their real father. And then he went out to California. To the gold, gold mining? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And then... They, I don't know. I think he died from... Or they assumed he... Like, he never came home. Yeah. She, and their mom married someone. It was short-lived. Then her mom married a doctor. And actually, when you read into their story, if you, if you have not read into them, mm-hmm. what they did was so wrong. But at the same time, I could see where it came from. Right. The anger came from and the, the want for revenge. It's very interesting. So anyways, when she pulled them in to the story, I yeah. thought, oh, it's so neat to pull. Yeah. Like yeah. real life people, people yeah, in. Like, like, and then I'm also like the whole time when he's been with them, she's like, why does Cole look so familiar? Yeah. You know, she isn't. And are you surprised that, okay, now she's living at their home, been there in a day or so. She still hasn't figured out that Cole and Cass are brothers. Yeah. I'm shocked because she kept referring back to that. And I thought it was always interesting, like. They never said their last name. In the book, it was stopped. Or like Cass's name come. Never, it was, it's just your brother. It's just your brother or something. His name never came up. So it kind of. Yeah. But I, if I was Winnie, I would be like, why does he look? Like I would start thinking something strange here. We talked about. What, were, what did you think about their relationship with the boys and their mother, Lily? I loved it. They had a great relationship. So oh, sweet. sweet. Very loving. Very yeah. respectful. Especially knowing, like, their dad died right mm-hmm. after House was born. Yeah, and they had moved out there, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah, and Cole just kind of took over as the head of the house, house and, and helping and, raise Bo and Cass. And, but they were still so respectful mm-hmm. of their mother. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that. All right, now chapter four. So if you're reading the Tyndale version, chapter four is where we meet Bertram G. Malroy. Mallory? Mallory. Sorry. Mallory. Yeah. Very interesting character. <laughs> yes. Okay. At this point, I'm like, why in the world is he looking for Winnie? Yeah, that's what I was trying to figure out, too. Like, who sent him to find Winnie? Was it Cass? Somebody back home? You know, you're trying to figure out. You wonder. Yeah. She also always is referencing the ladies' school, uh, school for lady young ladies that she went to. Yes. And how, like, her teacher would be so appalled by the things that she's doing. So I'm like, she doesn't come from a society where you think somebody would be after her, but... Right. I don't know, maybe. But the fact that he starts his journey jumping onto the top of a train and being thrown off of it and like broken up uh, so, so bad. bad. So bad. You think, well, he must be up to no good. Yeah. At this point. 
who tries to steal a ride on a train? And then come to find out, he didn't really need to steal a ride on the train because he really wasn't that far from his destination. Yes, yes. <laughs> Every time he thought he caught up with her, she would disappear. Like, he lost yeah. track of her. And, yeah. And, yeah, I felt bad for him. <laughs> Injuries. And- so, one of my favorite parts, too. So, Lori introduces this character that's trying to find Winnie. We don't know why, but he comes. he's come across some bad fortune mm-hmm. on his trip. So then we, we go back to Cole and uh, Winnie back mm-hmm. at Cole's house. The sheriff shows up because he's, you know, the sheriff got a posse together right away and went to try to, to find, find the robbers. Yeah. And he has found her pearl ring. Mm-hmm. So he came to return it. And while she's standing there with Cole, she's like egging him on about, yeah, your mother and the sheriff like each other. You know, they're right. attracted to each other. And he's like, no, they're not, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> what were your thoughts on that? Maybe I think his reaction was like, I don't like when I see my mom with another man. I had my father. So yeah, he, he gets just, upset. Yeah, he gets upset. He can also take care of his mom. I think he also feels that as he helped raise Bo and Cass. So kind of like we don't need another man, like another yeah. stepping in into that role. Yeah. And his comment at the end, like, oh, yeah, the sheriff was just being kind. Yeah. He's like, not attracted to my mom at all. Yeah. Like, he's like that with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. When I read that, I just rolled my eyes. I'm like, men, they do not yeah, see. see. No. And then I forgot to mention this, but this was something we talked about a lot. Hat that she wore. Winnie's hat. Okay. Yeah. I forgot to talk about that at the beginning. It's like a, a nest with a bird. bird in it. It is always <laughs> falling in her face. I'm guessing it's probably like a straw hat. Yeah. And it's like one of those little, I don't know, you pin up on your head. Yeah. It is throughout the entire book. (laughs) It brings so much comedy. And I forgot to mention that because at the beginning, it's like the hat is constantly falling in her face. Like when she fell out of the stagecoach, it was like, you know, it's it's hilarious because it's obviously not a fashion from out west. (laughs) So she picked picked out from, you know, was from and it didn't go, you know, with anything. So it looked ridiculous. (laughs) It did. And so when she said talking about um, the whole the sheriff likes your mom and your mom's interested, too. She's it says Winnie smiled at him sweetly. It isn't my fault you can't see right, what's right under your nose. And then he snorted. That bird on your hat must have picked a hole in your head. <laughs> I mean, he hates that hat. Yeah. He's like, it's a ridiculous hat. And it really is yeah. for out west. Yeah, it was. And I think at one point he says, uh, it looks like the bird is about ready to fly off of it or take off on the nest. Yes. <laughs> he makes so many comments about it. But I just, I love, it's just one piece of apparel. But, she, but Lori really took it and ran with it. And just, yeah. it brought so much comedy. <laughs> I want to see what she thought the hat would look like. Like something, I'm trying to picture it, like falling and what it would look like Uh and everything. So, yeah. yeah. So then moving on, we get to meet Bo's sweetheart, Betsy, that he... He left at home when he went off to the war, and then they, when he came back, they were planning on getting married. And she comes to the to the house, you know, to have dinner with them mm-hmm. and everything. And and her and Winnie really kick it off. Yeah, they really become good friends, and they're talking about Betsy's going on and on about how Cole would make such a great husband. And she's <laughs> like, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then Betsy's sister is interested in Cole. Priscilla. Yes. yes. <laughs> but she's kind of like, they talked about Priscilla at the beginning. We remember like in the first chapter and yeah. Bo's like, you need a woman. And, yeah. You know, Priscilla Priscilla's- can do all this. And- yes. Yes. 
And he was like, no, I'm never getting married. Yeah, but do you remember when he, he described the woman would have to be basically so tough and hard and then turn around and be soft as a feather, basically, yes. something yes. like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's Winnie right there. Yes. Like, yes. This is totally going to work. But then on page 100, they were talking at the dinner table and they were like, maybe Frank and Jesse Jane were part of the gang that mm-hmm. robbed them. Mm-hmm. When you heard that, did you think... I thought it they could did it. possibly be them because I don't think they've seen the robbers. No, and they said you have to really know those the hills and the caves mm-hmm. and like all that terrain. And I think they said that's a place that they kind of hang out at. Mm-hmm. So even when you read nonfiction books mm-hmm. about them, that I mean, that's where they grew up. They knew that terrain right very well and were able to hide in there. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I thought I bet it was their gang. She never ever says because they never get caught. No. Yeah. What do you think of Winnie's reaction? When she discovered she was staying with Cass's family. Oh, my goodness. I thought it was hilarious. I know. I'm like, okay, this whole time you've been going, why does Cole look so familiar to me? Yeah. And then when they finally say, Lou's like, Bo, you're not getting married until all of the Claxton boys are here until Cass is home. And then she's just like, this whole time she's thinking of murdering Cass. And she loves Lily, the mom. And it's like, she just drops her fork and runs out of the house. I know. I love how she's like, Lord, how could you do this to me? You <laughs> dropped me in the viper's nest. But then, you know, she's constantly, too, trying to, like, justify what she's doing. Right. She's always, okay, Lord, help me with this. And then she goes, well, you're probably not going to help me because I'm out to murder. And that's one of the Ten Commandments. Yes. You know, yeah. Blah, blah, like, blah. trying to talk herself into being able to keep doing it. If she really did, I, I did wonder, like, if she really did run into Cass, which would she have? out by herself, you know? Yeah. That's a good thought. I don't know. It's crazy, too. I think it was on the bottom of page 109 that she reasons that killing Cass was God's will for her. Like, mm-hmm. like she was his avenging angel or something. Like, yeah. that's how he wanted to use her. And I was like, no. And that it's crazy how we do that sometimes, though. We yeah. get something stuck in our head and we're like, yep, this is totally what God wants us right. to do. Even though there's so many things screaming no. <laughs> right. And I also didn't think that killing Cass was really the right revenge for what he did. He kind of, he stood her up and took yeah. this bitch. She didn't know the whole story. So I don't think killing him was the right. Yeah. It wasn't going to fix it. No. The hat keeps coming back. I wanted to make note of that. So on page 112, he references her hat again. And then this is also where you find out that the brothers fought on different sides of the war. Mm-hmm. The bow and Cole fought for the North. North. Cass fought for the South. South. It was kind of sad to hear because he even seemed sad when he said the war split, not only split the country, but split brothers. Yeah. And they were affected by that too. But yeah. it didn't sound like they resented each other for it. No. Because or... they were in a part where it was kind of split the state. Yeah. And it, and how they felt. And Cass also, they also had family in the South too. Mm-hmm. So maybe he felt. And that's where Cass was. Yeah, that's where he was. Because they had paid for him to stay out of the war so that somebody stayed home with his mom. Mom and took care of the farm. Yeah. And then he went to do work on some business, I think. Business with some family and then he signed up. So they never came across each other in battle. But can you imagine if they had? I mean, that would have been terrible. And you know what happened in real life. Right. By the way, I love how he was like, I know she's been lying from day one. And he's, mm-hmm. he's going out there and he's going to, he's like interrogating her. Yes. And then is messing with the worry stone. Yeah. He gets upset. He wants to, he knows it's Cass's right away. Yeah. Cause he gave him. So to me, that was a significant, no, it was just a stone, but Cole gave one to each of his brothers. Mm-hmm. 
And then Cass gave it to Winnie. Which I thought was a little odd. I would thought Cass would have kept it as something special between mm-hmm. the three brothers. He just gave it away. He gave it to her because she was so... I mean, she was pretty upset and worried. I mean, her mom died and mm-hmm. dad died. The war's raging around her home. The only home she's known. Right. But he immediately recognized it. And then that's when he pretty much tackled her. He's like, yeah, we're going to tell me what you're doing. Because you know my brother. Because you're lying. And the worry stone tells me yeah. that you're lying. He was actually pretty gruff with her through the first half yeah. of the book. Don't yes. you think? Yeah. And it always bothered her how he was always so polite and nice to like Betsy and everything. And so rude and mean to oh she was he yeah yeah not nice to her no at all no he was frustrated by her he was worried about his brother though and then she actually told him i'm gonna kill your brother because he left me at the altar and took all my money and he's going that doesn't sound like he's like i raised that boy better than that that yeah. doesn't sound like my brother yeah but you know how she was sitting there playing with her dress like a string on her dress yes and then after she <laughs> he wrestled around with her and Pretty much just forced her to tell the truth. And she stands up. And her, <laughs> her skirt, skirt falls down. down. Yeah. And Lane's just standing there in her bloomers. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had a wardrobe malfunction like that? I'm trying to think. I can't think of a time. Praise the Lord. I can't think of a time that I know happened. of somebody of a co-worker that happened. but Well, I'll tell you, one of our sisters had that happen in high school. Okay. Which one? I won't say. I don't want to embarrass her, or, you know, <laughs> online or anything. But uh, if she listens to this, she will. She'll know. But uh, I had a friend came out of. It was between passing periods. She goes, "Hey, um, your sister's got my sweater. Uh, just wanted to let you know. I gave it to her in class because she bent over and her pants split." <laughs> I'm sure there's many people have had that uh, problem. She goes, I just want to let you know, like, you can get it back to me tomorrow. And I said, thank you so much for helping her out. You know, like, I felt really bad for her. But then, of course, when I saw her, I'm d- I can't do anything but bust up laughing. She's like, shut up. I'm so embarrassing. And I'll- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, I, I that's I can't think of anything that's happened to me like that. Right. Goodness. I'm more the klutz. I'm gonna trip and fall. Yes. You know, do something like that. All right. So we've talked about the hat. After eight, her hat comes up again because now she's leaving. She's left the home. Yes. She's got her hat on and she's determined. I'm gonna sell my ring in town mm-hmm. and go out and find Cass because now we know. She knew he was heading home, so yeah. she was going to go catch him and shoot him. The other thing that surprised me about her is that pearl ring is literally all she has left. Of her family. Of her family. And the pearl signifies love, happiness, affection, and generosity, which is all things she is lacking right now. Ooh, yeah. Do you, did you notice that? Like, yeah. with the pearl, the pearl signifies those love, happiness, affection, and generosity. She has none of that right now. That's true. And she's about to sell it. I'm not sure I could give up the only possession I had left from my father. Yeah. To have the means to track down and kill a man who left me at the altar. I mean, part of you wants to go, honey, why can't you just see, like, this is a blessing. Would you want to be trapped in a marriage with a guy that doesn't want to be with you? Yeah. I mean, you know, you need to let it go and move on. Oh, my goodness. So then she takes us back. So she's in town. You know, she's trying to find her way into town. The hat's getting in her way again. Mm Mm-hmm. Then Lori takes us back to Bertram. Yes. Bless this man's heart. I'm thinking, what's his mission and who gave it to him? I still don't know yet at this no, point. No, no. And then on page 149, Bertram makes note of Winnie's hat. Because remember, he's 
kind of laid up. He wasn't he he tripped. Yes. He came into town and he tripped on the You're steps right. or something and messed his ankle up. Yes. And so he's just kind of laid up with I can't remember what that old guy's name is. He ends up living with guy takes him to the shack. Yep. And then he brings him into town. Mm-hmm. So he's jumped onto the top of a train while it's moving, been thrown off of that, tumbled down, gets into this town and he watches Hickok shoot a man. Yes. You know, did they do like 10 paces turn around? And yes, because the man took Hickok's watch. And it was then he got up and twisted and broke his ankle. Mm-hmm. So he was sitting on the porch when Winnie rode through on that mule she bought with her ring. Yes. So, and all the men were sitting there. And even Bertram makes a comment about her hat. Yes. But he doesn't realize that she is the woman he's looking for. I know that I, it was crazy. So I'm like, you need to stop her. She's like running right in front of you. Mm-hmm. She drove right past him. Oh, yeah. Right past him. Yeah. Also, so then in that same chapter, it goes back to, so Cole has watched her leave town. He's decided I'm going to follow her and keep her from killing my brother. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I have to laugh because she knows he's following her. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes her mad. Mm-hmm. But on page 154, I can't even remember what he said to her, but she said, men sweat and ladies glow. She's still, you know, she went to this ladies school. Yes. So i just curious what your thought was to that line, because it made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> ladies don't glow. <laughs> that was. I mean, let's face it. We sweat, ladies. Yeah. It's, just, it's like 100 degrees outside. And yeah. <laughs> I don't like to admit it. We're probably not as stinky as the men, but yeah. right. But I thought it was hilarious. Little comedy she put in there. And are you surprised at his willingness to keep helping her? Like he made sure she even had water. He noticed. Yeah. Remember, he he dropped the canteen in the middle of the road and rode ahead of her, knowing mm-hmm. she was going to be going that way. And I'm like, at this point, wouldn't you just let her go off yeah. and just whatever happens happens to her? Yeah, because I highly doubt she's going to find your brother. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, she has a clue what she's doing. Well, and, and when she left town, she didn't even know what direction the town was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the guy's like, you sure you're, you sure you're up the, to this? Yeah, the guy like, yeah. at the stable yeah. was like, um, yeah. And then he goes, um, well, I guess just uh, stay heading north, you know, like, yeah. good luck to you, lady. I, I thought it was weird because he wanted to protect his brother, but okay, I understand that. Why help her? I agree. Yeah, I agree. Chapter 10, I thought there was a great, uh, on page 163, comparison to how Wynn and the mule are similar. They are so stubborn. Oh my gosh. It was hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like she's like, I'm going to do this. And that mule does. It moved when it wanted to move. Yes. That's <laughs> great. Uh, that's also when she starts to really consider if she can handle killing Cass. So you start to see that character change. And then this is also on page 183 is their first kiss. Her and Cole's first kiss. That was weird. Like, I was... Really? I was kind of shocked. Yeah. I'm like, she's going to kill your brother. And you hate her. (laughs) She annoys you, you know? And yeah, that was... It was sweet, but it was kind of like surprise. Yeah. Then we... They keep going on. And she still has the hat. Mm Mm-hmm. It it, floored me that she still had that hat. And it can't look good by now. (laughs) It's been trampled. Did the mule step on it at one point? Yeah. Just being out there in that heat and everything, you know. So this is, okay, you probably think I'm silly when I say this, but this chapter was one of my favorites because it started 
bringing in, really pulling her and Cole closer together. But also, I am a fan of stories of the damsel in distress. And her man comes in and saves her. I I don't know what it is about that. And I'm always like, oh, it's just so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Not saying women can't save themselves. I mean, they definitely can. But I like the damsel being saved by her man, by the hero. So when she pulled, she actually pulled the Jesse James gang into the story. Yes. Like, you know, before it was just there just talking about him. Right. And right. then he was actually there. I mean, what were you wondering or how did you feel when she burst in? Because she purposely chose to try to lose Cole. She yes, left. Really I mean, he early. knew that yeah. she had left early. Right. But she was doing her best to lose him. Mm-hmm. And then she runs through that thicket right into the okay. gang. Which was hilarious. <laughs> Is that totally, it is kind of, <laughs> I mean, she thinks she's going to this safe place and then all of a sudden these men are standing around and she's like, oh my gosh. Well, and they weren't very nice with her. No. Either. No. And the one ended up macking her across the face, I think. Yeah. Which made Cole, Cole was watching the whole thing. Yeah. Remember, because he goes, I'm just going to let her sit in that situation for a little bit, <laughs> you know? Make her yeah. regret, you know. Trying, this is what trying happened. to teach her a lesson. Yeah. But then when the man jerked her up and slapped her, he was like, okay, we're done. Yes. We're done yes. with this. But what did you think of Frank? I thought Frank was really laid back and nice. Nicer than the other men. Definitely. And nice. he was reading Shakespeare. So that kind of floored me. You're a gang that kills people. <laughs> You're reading Shakespeare. He really did enjoy reading Shakespeare. Yeah. I think Cole mentioned something that Frank is just as dangerous as Jesse. But when you read it, you think Frank is just really mild-mannered and really... He's like, I don't really care that you guys captured a woman. Yeah. I don't just... care what you do with her. Just yeah. Be quiet because I'm trying to read. read. Yeah. And then when he got up to take care of the horses, she's like, okay, I want to kind of attach to him. Maybe he'll help me. And he and she asked, can I go with you? And he was I don't remember if he said no or if the... No, the other guy said yeah. no. Yeah. Because he was claiming her as his. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And Jesse just seemed to be like enamored. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. Then chapter 12 is really just talking about like he's, that's him rescuing her from the yes. gang. And they, I thought it was neat that they knew Cole. Cole could go yes. in there and they're like, oh, hi, Cole. Hi, Jesse. Hey, Frank. Yeah. And that they didn't try to kill each other. Jesse and Frank didn't. No, but did you see, it says on um, page 204, I wondered how Cole and Jesse met up with each other in the war, during the war. And what happened between them? Because remember, see, the other gang member that had a hold of Winnie and who had slapped her was still holding her mm-hmm. when he came in with his guns and was like, you're going to let her go because mm-hmm. that woman's mine. Jesse was the one that was... Remember, he said, you don't want to mess with Cole Claxon. Yes. And then it talked about how him and Jesse and Cole had met during the war, had sized each other up and decided they neither one wanted to take each other on. Right. Because they were equal, equal talent. And here's the funny thing. When you actually read about Jesse, he was not a good shot. He was not a good shot. His cousin, Cole Younger, was a good shot. Mm -hmm. So they talk, you know, right. They talk about how he's a good shot and such a good horseman. They said he was just as good on a horse as anybody else at that time because that was main transportation. Right. But it was really his cousin Cole who had the skill with the guns and the horses. Hmm. Not interesting. Yeah. But I was just curious, like, I wonder how they would have met up in the war because during the war, Jesse was a gun runner. Yeah, he was in one. And then there was another one. I can't remember what the names were. Yeah. And that's how he kind of knew of. And then she wants her mule. She wants her mule. Like, take me back. I want my mule. He's like, are you kidding me, woman? I like, just <laughs> saved you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 
they find a place to like an old abandoned like line shack i think it was mm-hmm. or something like that yeah. to stay in because uh, it's storming and whatnot and i have to laugh because here Cole made it through the war, mm-hmm. but now had poison ivy because of Winnie. Yes, and he was definitely allergic to it. Yes. I and mean, he was out for like two weeks, wasn't he? Yeah. Like they stayed in that cabin for two weeks. He was trying to get over it. She brings him a world of hurt, doesn't she? Yeah, it's like one thing after the- No wonder he doesn't like her. <laughs> I know. <laughs> her around. I loved on page 229 where he said, God created women to irritate men. <laughs> what was your reaction to that? Well, sometimes I think it's the other way around. Men irritate the women. <laughs> I have to laugh. I mean, we were created to be help me, but we were also created very different. God wired men very different from women. And I will say it probably does come across irritating to both of us. Yes. Have you ever done a project? All right. Let's just think about growing up with dad. Yeah. Poor dad. Our poor dad had no boys. It was all girls, six of us, and trying to help him run fence or put the fence up. For the horses. Okay. Yeah. He'll say, grab this tool. First of all, I don't know what that tool is, Dad. I tried to learn the names, but I don't know what it is about it. It is never stuck. Yeah. And so you finally get the right tool, and then he'll tell you what to do with it. And you go, and you do what you think he told you to do. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Dad's over there. That's not what I said to do. Yeah. <laughs> I swear, Dad. That's what you said. Now, as an adult, remodeling with my husband, I found the same thing to be true. Men say one thing, and we interpret it. We as women interpret it as something else. We swear we're doing exactly what they say, but they're like, that's not at all what I said. Yeah. That Are you be- <laughs> I'll be like, you know, they say something. It's like, you do it. And I'm like, that's what you said. No, it's not. I'm like, yeah, it is. That's exactly what you yeah. said to do. I am I am extremely thankful that my husband is a God-fearing man and he understands we're wired different. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm sure we would have had some, some fist fights over some stuff because he'll just... Oh. I love you, woman, but that is not what I said. And then, then, yeah, then they get irritated because it's like, now I have to redo it. So it's like twice as much work. It's like, don't ask me to help. So do you know what I do now? What? This is what grandma said she did when grandpa did construction, too. Remember, grandpa used to build fences, too. Yeah. Yes. Grandma just hands grandpa tool and get make sure he has water and gives him food. That is what I do now. <laughs> I hand my husband the tools he needs. I've learned some names, so I've gotten better yeah. at that. And I clean up. Make sure he has something to drink. I make sure he has food. That way he doesn't have to go back and fix my mistakes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes. So, yes, I, I got a real kick out of that line. It was hilarious. And then in the same chapter, she goes back to Bertram and Nancy, the this lady. This surprises me. Yeah. They've fallen in love. I thought it was so sweet. Yeah. It's so sweet. So little Bertram, I say little Bertram's a poor man. He's got every injury known to man. He falls in love with her and he's like, I'm going to leave my mission. And I'm going to come back and marry you. And him. he helps those people with the broken wagon wheel. And, like, throws his back out. Yes. And so he's laid up again. In a back brace. <laughs> I feel sorry for him. <laughs> this poor guy. I'm like, I don't know what mission you're on, but I hope you're getting paid enough, a lot of money to do oh, it. Oh, yeah. Because... Yeah. It, and then I, I feel like we've talked quite a bit on it, but, like, now we're getting to the point where Winnie's heart is changing. She's not obsessed with killing Cass at this point. She started drawing closer to God again. And I am amazed at how different her personality is now at this point in the story than it was at the beginning. Mm-hmm. She's far more optimistic. Yeah. She's kinder. She's nursing Cole back to health, mm-hmm. uh, which really draws them closer. closer. And then Cole is doing the same thing, really, at the same time. That right. Both characters are, are getting closer to God. And, and he talks about how he misses the listening part of his relationship mm-hmm. with God and finds that in the past he never really had time for it. Right. 
which I think is still a struggle even today for for all of us. But I love his reminder that nothing can take away the joy of his salvation. It's, it's such a huge reminder. There's so many negative things out in the world and so right. many things that distract us from just sitting and being quiet with God. It doesn't matter what happens. Nobody can take that away from right. us. So I really love that she wove that. Into- and then page 244. This is hilarious. The image of her catching the chicken and then swinging it until the head came off. She's so proud, too. She comes in. Like, look what I've done. I'm just trying to picture her. If you, I don't know if you had neighbors or you were in town. People think she's the local crazy lady. Mm-hmm. I mean, why would you? Why did she do that? Was that how she saw it being done? She did. Yes. Remember when she worked at the, well, not worked, when she lived at the plantation, I think is what she said. She remembers them just swinging, like wringing the neck by swinging it around. Why wouldn't you just go chop the, the head off? <laughs> the poor chicken. <laughs> I know. Because he heard all that racket. And he's like, I got to get out of this bed and save her. He even pulled the rifle out that he hid from her. <laughs> yeah, he hid that. And I can't remember where he hid it, but he hid like it. Like a- under a floorboard, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I also had to laugh because page 246, they talk about how all three brothers have the same parents. but have very different personalities. Which makes me excited to read The Drifter, mm-hmm. which is Bo's story. Yeah. And then The Maverick. The Maverick. Yeah, that is Cass's story. So I'm excited to see that. But it's so true. Look at our own family. Yeah. We came from the, we all have the same mom, the same, same dad, dad. And there's six of us. But we're all got different personalities. So different. So different. I mean, not one of us is the I, same. I can say is the same. No. And then, okay, page 246, he also decides to teach her how to shoot. Okay. He's finally going, okay, this woman needs to learn. She shoots and she swings the gun around. What was your reaction to that? I'm, I thought she's going to shoot him. If the gun is going to go off, she's going to trip. Or something, lose her balance. The gun's gonna go off. She's gonna shoot him on accident. And then she's gonna have to nurse him back, him back to hell. Thankfully, she didn't do that. But I have to tell you, I stopped right there and I died laughing. I read that scene to my husband, and this is why. Because one time we went to Thanksgiving at his grandparents' house. Mm-hmm. His mom was so excited because she had it. She had a gun. Mm-hmm. Okay, she had it there, and they're gonna shoot it. Go out and shoot it and everything. I had a really bad head cold at the time. And I had taken, actually, I think I was running a fever too. I probably shouldn't even have been there, but it hit me like the morning of Thanksgiving. Like we were already traveling, you know? Yeah. So I took medicine and you know how, I don't even know if it was NyQuil, I don't know, whatever. You know, those cold medicines make you like a little loopy, right? I said, yeah, I'd love to shoot that. I didn't put any like (laughs) earplugs in or anything. (laughs) I shoot it. My ears ring. I can't even hear anything but a ring. All right. A little off kilter from the fever and the medicine. Oh, and no. I turned the gun still in my hand. I turned like this, just like Winnie did. <laughs> I turned towards my husband and my brother-in-law. And I was like, somebody take the gun. You know, I'm like, I'm going to pass out. Okay. <laughs> and my husband, <laughs> he jumps back. Okay. <laughs> what are you doing? You know, <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> Derek comes up behind me and relieves me of the pistol. But he goes, what are you thinking? That's a loaded gun. You just swung around. (laughs) You would never know that I was raised in a house full of guns with a dad that taught us. You don't point it at how to shoot muzzle loaders of all things. Packing the black powder and the bullet. And swinging the gun around. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Anyways. um, So lesson learned. If you take cold medicine... If you, if you have a fever and you take cold medicine, do not go out and shoot guns, guns with your family. It's not 
not a wise decision there. <laughs> Nobody got hurt. Yeah, I didn't goodness. pull the trigger. I said, my finger's not on the trigger. And I was like, took the gun from me. I'm going and lay down. <laughs> like, I'm done. <laughs> I can't take anymore. So now they're trying to make their way home because he's finally feeling better. But Cole is really struggling with the feelings he now has for Because Annie. I think he feels he can't react on him because of Cass. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know where Cass stands. Yeah. And Cass laid claim to her first, yeah. basically. And he's having, he's he's feeling lost. Like, he can't hear from God. Like, what does God really want? So they right. have a pretty quiet ride home. Yeah. The, the hat comes in again. I can't believe she still has that thing. <laughs> We're almost to the end of the story. And she's just, she still has it. <laughs> and then, remember Bertram? They stopped to water the horses and get a drink. And then Bertram's on the other, other side. side of the creek there. Mm-hmm. And she's looking at him like, he looks familiar. <laughs> and Cole gets jealous. Yeah. Like, who is that man? Who, who are you looking at? <laughs> she said, I love this. I think it was page 262. She loves that Cole is jealous of Bertram, even though she doesn't even know who Bertram is yes. at this point. When she said, very handsome man, don't you think? <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. He's just like spitting mad. I believe Lori uses that in the next book, in The Drifter. I haven't read The Drifter for quite a while, so I'm excited to read it again. But I'm pretty sure. I think it, it is might, that yeah. line is used again. Oh, and that, also I know she kind of got irritated on the way back into town because Cat or not Cat Cole was so quiet. Mm-hmm. So she thinks she's done something to upset him. Mm-hmm. So then that just gets her irritated, and it irritates him, and it's he's yeah. <laughs> And like they have that big party. They come home and they're having the big party for Bo and, and Betsy. And she gets jealous. She does because Priscilla comes back. Yeah, and he's all dressed up. Looking nice, mighty handsome. <laughs> and all the women are, oh, cool. Yeah. And, and Priscilla like clings to him. Yeah. I don't think that he even danced with her. With, with Winnie. I'm she tra- danced with some men that asked her, but I don't think they danced together. No. And then he follows her because she's like, I can't take it. Seeing him with another woman just mm-hmm. really, she could not take it. And then he follows her into the shadows. And I love how uh, Bo, it seems like his brothers always just cause him trouble, you know? Yes. So Bo's like, Winnie, you know, looking for her. And he's like, please don't go. Please don't answer him. He'll go away. But he didn't. Right. And then she steps away to talk to, to go in the house. And it's Bertram that's waiting for her. Yeah. And I like how Bo's like giving his brother the eye like, oh, did I interrupt something, brother? <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to kill you. you know? <laughs> it was quite funny. And he didn't like he said. No, she's not going to go talk to that man. You yeah. can call on her during the day. A decent time. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then she was like, you don't get to tell me who I talk to. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and did she, I did not, until she revealed it, never once did, it, did I think that Bertram was a Pinkerton. I just thought somebody was like, you need to find her. And they just paid him money. Well, Cass did. Yeah. And I just. But he hired a Pinkerton to do it. Yeah. I, th- I thought that was very interesting. All her money was back, plus interest. Did you like the ending of the book? She's holding Bertram's gun for him. And then it was hilarious because I was like, Cass is home. And she goes running out with the gun. And then Cole's like, oh, no, she's going to kill my friend, like tackles her out of everybody. I know. And in his head, he goes, I look like a terrible person because I just tackled a woman in front of everyone I know. But he's the only one that knows his mom yeah. and Bo and nobody else knows what's going on nobody else knew she wanted to kill yeah but she was running out to thank him because at yeah. that point she realized you know like he wasn't they weren't good for each, each other. other and he wasn't being a, he wasn't the jerk he, he paid her back with interest and mm-hmm. 
and everything. And then I just love how he asks her to marry him, and she wants to know how soon. And he goes, maybe in by Sunday, yeah. which is only like a couple days away. Yeah. I'm like, oh my word! Here the book starts out with Bo, the second oldest, telling his oldest brother Cole he needs to get a woman, and Cole's like, no. And they're getting married. And then it ends with Cole marrying before Bo. And Bo was going home to his sweetheart. I know. We had waited all that time. <laughs> all right. So what are your overall thoughts on the book? I really enjoyed it. It was a good book. It kind of had the suspense with it, you know, and everything. And mm-hmm. the funny parts. And the I comedy. The yeah. hat. The, the hat was hilarious. I just want to see what how she come up with that book, you know, the hat. I wish I could see a picture of the hat because it just was a major part of the book there too. I agree. Yeah. Her, the character she developed, I absolutely love them. Mm-hmm. The way she wove their relationship with God in there too. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love it because it, it's just, it was so natural. Like, just like how we are now. Like, yeah. We talk to them. We're like, I don't know, Lord, is this what you want? Is this yeah. what you want? We right. struggle. They, they had a lot of the same struggles we have. And it's, it was just refreshing. But uh, I love the Claxton men. I love the Claxton family because yeah. they're so grounded in God mm-hmm. and such godly men. Something we don't have a lot of, I feel yes. like, in, in our time. Yeah. So I really loved it. One of my, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. What would you give it a rating out of five stars? I give it a four. Tiffany asked me. I know she couldn't be with us today, but she also said she would give it a four out of five. Mm -hmm. Did Jamie? Yes. Jamie said she'd give it a four or a five. Okay. So So. she's she's probably thinking like four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And what did she say? She She did uh, send us some on it. She just said, she goes, I love the theme of the book and God's sovereign nature. Everything is disastrous, but it all works out for the best. I enjoy that. Yeah. If I were to give it a rating, I gave it a five mm-hmm. out of five. I think I even rated it that on Goodread. And I fell in love with the other stories even more than this one. Mm-hmm. So if you're reading the series and you weren't 100% sold, keep reading because I felt like it just got better. Yeah. The series. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yes. I'm really hoping we can connect with her and interview yeah. her in November when we finish the series. Uh, so far, I haven't had any luck. So, Lori, if you're listening, I hope you're willing to sit down and, yes. and talk with us. It would be great just to kind of dig into your characters a little bit more. So, all right. Any other thoughts you want to share? Nope, that's all. All right. I'm sorry. It was just the two of us this time. And we're hoping that um, Tiffany and Jamie can join us next time and everyone's healthy in their homes by then. So just thank you for joining us and tune in next month as we continue the Men of the Saddle series with The Drifter. Help us to grow the show by subscribing and supporting us through Patreon. There's more info can be found at literaryscape.com. And until next time, happy and blessed reading. Thank you for listening to Literary Escape's historical inspirational book club podcast. Join us next month for another exciting episode. To support the show and access additional content and author interviews, become a patron. Visit literaryscape.com for more details.